Imagine we did that whole like we just counted down like five, four, three, two, one. Imagine we did that every time. It was like had the whole YouTuber kind of like start to a video. And welcome back to the Mark and Doc show. How you doing? Like, fuck. That shit pisses me off every time I hear that. Every time I hear an intro like that, I'm like, oh, please don't tell me the whole video is going to be like this. Yeah, I, I agree. Except except for maybe this weekend, just because, you know, you've got, you got the, you got our old mate, Richard Branson and, and our, and our boy flying into space. Oh, big right? Jeff Bezos. Jeffy Bezos. <laughs> Dude, what? That's, I don't know. That's crazy, right? Mm. Have you have you seen? Huh? I was just saying, have you have you been following the news or have you read up like since we chatted about it, like we had a chat about it yesterday? Not really. All I know is Richard Branson bloody beat Jeff Bezos to the punch. Jeff Bezos is going in a Hulk cock, and bloody, that's pretty much all I know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think like. The, the details that I'm, I'm missing and I've probably just really just seen it on my feed but I haven't looked into it properly um, is whether they're actually going to space or they because they keep saying they're going to the edge of space right or the edge of yeah. earth like what does that what does that actually mean as opposed to going to space like at which point I think they're doing like a space? fair minimum yeah you know we watched that video last night where they're doing like like literally the bare minimum like they're going to like just where it like crosses over like there's always like a level where it's like fucking all right this is earth this is space yeah and it, where it crosses over just by like 50 feet or some shit they're like close i mean now it's space, space. <laughs> yeah. i'm like that. i get it it's kind of cheating but it's not that. what like it kind of defeats the point of going to space like if you go into space i feel like like you're comfortable in space. Like you guys are, have the ability to be in space for some amount of time. I'm not a rocket scientist. I don't know. But I don't yeah. know. Like going to the edge of the, <laughs> the the atmosphere. I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> it's kind of just doing just enough, huh? <laughs> Does that really count? Just just enough to make it count, you know? Like to say that yeah, you've yeah. done it. Yeah, I, I love how Richard Branson is just like. Do you reckon? Richard Branson had any like kind of notion of going to space this early before Jeff Bezos actually put out kind of the I'm going to space in July and do you reckon he just front ran as quick as possible I, I like we we we, we oversimplify and we, we're like hey these guys just playing this last week and they're like they just try and push the timelines ahead but this probably started seven or eight years ago they've been playing this for ages and maybe like Amazon's probably got in it on it like in the last couple of years but they've definitely like pushed it ahead to try to you know try to speed things up but try and speed it up. I, I think it's a net win-win right because it makes people who might not otherwise be interested in space go what the fuck's going on why why is both these space events happening like week a week apart from each other so mm. it makes, i think um yeah i saw an instagram post this morning from jeff bezos um, it was like saying good luck to Richard Branson, shit like that. Oh, that's oh, really? pure class. Yeah, I was like, that's pure class. So mm. that's bloody interesting. It makes me. Would you ever go to space if you could? <laughs> um, minus like the the five hundred thousand dollar ticket that it's going to cost for the first few people. Like, let's say, let's say I just I won the raffle or like in an Instagram like contest, like just happened to get drawing out like hey you know you got you got yeah. free sorry you got you got a free ticket to go to space 
ridiculous. You go into space. I probably wouldn't be in the f- first round, but like by the third round. So like you know, they'll send four people, and then they'll send another four people, and then on the third round, I'll be like, all right, you know, the first two crews didn't die, so. <laughs> <laughs> Let the coronavirus. I'll let everyone else get it, and then if they don't all die, I'll get it. Yeah. <laughs> the vaccine. <laughs> and you know, it's funny. Like, you know how like we were just talking about like the edge of space, right? It reminds me of the episode in Simpsons, Simpsons where you got Homer like stepping across like the two states, and he's like, "Now I'm here. Now I'm there. Now I'm here." <laughs> yeah. Did you ever travel interstate and do that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it used to be like a border. I think it's near Echuca or some shit. Um, we used to go up there. Uh, for like vacations and stuff. Yeah. And I remember like every time we'd cross, we're like, whoa, <laughs> like, boys, what? there's no difference. You're in a, a truck, it just comes out. You're just like, hey, what, what, I'm in, uh. <laughs> <laughs> you go over the like borderline. You're like, oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Are you and talking you about the, are you talking about the welcome to a truck sign as you drive yeah. past that? No. As you drive past, like you, you cross that kind of like, line where you're now in a different state and it's like it's no different <laughs> why do we get excited about this crap it's like someone people hold like a lot of weight to like an 18 year old or something like that like when you're 18 you can now make like you're an adult you make decisions and stuff like that i'm like what's the difference between 17 and nine months 17 11 months and 18 I'm like my thinking has not radically changed people <laughs> i am no smarter <laughs> Because now I can legally have a beer, have a little brewski. I'm now radically more intelligent and, and able to make my own decisions. Yeah. Look, I, I think the other side of it is you want to have milestones and like it helps you keep track of what's what you've done, right? Um, and I wonder like if we didn't over-celebrate those milestones around like say 18 and 30, would people look back and actually remember any of like those years like or would they just kind of be blurry so i get both sides of it <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point i think my thing's like 18 like why is it 18 yeah does that make sense to you I, 18 does it's it's a little bit like trading you know there's there's no there's a there's a range where most where most people accept that it's okay <laughs> but then it shouldn't be uh it shouldn't just be like a single digit or, or, or figure. Yeah. 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 Like speaking, I'm like, if they, at least use the teens, like maybe it's just 20, like you get up to 19 is 20. Like mm. the mind develops at 25, maybe 25 is a bit too much, obviously. Yeah. You know, 20, 21, I'm like, far anyway, mm. whatever. Well, you know what? Like when, when was, um, growing up, when, when did you first get your phone? When were, when did your parents buy you your phone? Do you remember roughly? <laughs> oh wow, that's a long time ago. May as well go down there, right? Let's let's have this yeah, conversation. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know. I do know it was a uh, like a Nokia. Yeah. Like throw it across the football field and try and break it kind of phone. Indestructible. Um, insane. Uh, now I like lean on my phone in bed and the thing just cracks. Yeah. It's bullshit. I, I I think it was year i feel like i want to say i had one in year seven mm. it's right it's kind of like early like early high school roughly yeah 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 early high school around then i, I think that's when i yeah 
I think that's yeah. when I got the phone. You know, just like the nothing like crazy. You can only play Snake and like the thirty dollar phone from Aldi kind of thing. Which I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Yes. Oh, it's what I needed at that stage. Yeah, I think like I I was roughly the same, probably eight year nine. Like so, what's that? Maybe fourteen or or something mm-hmm. or thereabouts. Yeah. Um, do you think kids these days have their phones like handed to them younger? Like, do you have? How old is your youngest uh, younger sister? Oh, um, my little sister's uh, seventeen, turning eighteen now. So, when do you think um, she would have gotten a phone? I think because they were kind of already more developed, yeah. she had better kind of phones at a similar age. Mm. Like, I don't think she had her own phone maybe any earlier, but she yeah. certainly had a kind of more capable phone. Yeah. So it had uh, kind of better technologies. Like it was probably I don't know what her first phone was, but I think it may have been an iPhone of decent kind of standards. Bit 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 more dangerous on the iPhone than the than the good old Nokia oh. <laughs> in terms of capability, right? In terms of capability, <laughs> things a mini computer. Well, now, mm, go on. Did Did you ever? You know how they have like that? Oh, everyone's got a stigma against Huawei, that company, the Chinese company. Yeah. I had one of those phones back in the day. They're actually good. They're really good. Xiaomi, uh, Huawei or Huawei, depending on where you come from. (laughs) But yeah, all those budget like Chinese entry-level phones that match the equivalent in in that mid-range or that entry range. Yeah, they're really good. Yeah. I know. I really rated them. But um, I know I got caught up in the whole iPhone. Uh, I'm important kind of (laughs) era. And... I don't know. I can't, I look at, you know, the whole like iPhone, Samsung kind of debate. Yeah. I don't know. I can't look at a Samsung and be like, that's just cause it's like, oh, it's a better phone. I'm like, nah, that. this shit yeah. looks great. That, that, that feel but, bad. You, you're just, you're just, uh, you're just one, one in two people who've, who've made the wrong choice and bought the wrong brand phone. Like it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I can see how you could have made that mistake. Like, <laughs> no, I feel like, um, I feel like Samsung's the kind of people who are actually interested in the technology behind the phone. Yeah. Like the processing, et cetera, et cetera. And Apple is like kind of the people who just want a phone that looks good. Yeah. I, I see the merits. I mean, like let's, let's, what, what draws you to an iPhone? Cause so you started with a, an Android phone and then you made the transition to an Apple because you know, it, it's sexy. It's nice. What what drew you to it? I think when I was younger, it was definitely because it looks fucking. It looks sexy as hell. Like yeah. this thing is clean, minimal, elegant. Like yeah. kind of mirrors. You, you like kind of the, you like making love. You're making love to your phone as you're saying this. Like <laughs> I love it, but um, so I think now I'm just accustomed to the way. Uh, like the back end of Apple works, it all works yeah. in with each other. So changing that would kind of be like, ugh. like I'd, you know, if I had to, I would do it. And I do have actually a Samsung for some other stuff. Mm. Um, I don't know. I just, so, everything works together with Apple and Google and stuff. So, so the, the aesthetics of design um, is what gets your initial interest. And then when you try the phone, the ecosystem and just the way it, you know, as, as a lot of Apple people say, it just works, makes you kind of, it, it solidifies your decision and you just go, well, this works. Why would I change? Like once you're, once you've got one yeah. or. 
I feel like that seems superficial, but I think you're a hundred. I think you're right. I think for mm. me to be like, like really interested in it, it has to be kind of aesthetically pleasing to me. And my kind of aesthetically pleasing is more like minimal, sleek, elegant, kind of that yeah. classy kind of design and look. Um, yeah. Me, that's aesthetic. Cool. And I think I think there's a life lesson in that. It ties back into our last podcast around like, you know, the first impressions and like, you know, you get you get the initial allure, you even job interviews or businesses, if they if they want to learn something from from Apple, you know, start with the visuals. You know, a guy's naturally attracted to good looking girls. You know, you, you just hit people with design, you hit people with aesthetic and then follow through with, with quality and that's 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 what makes yeah. them like loyal forever. I think following through with like the quality as well. Like you can't, mm. there's no longevity if there is no quality, right? Yeah. So aesthetics only go so far. But I think with Apple, like uh, they do a good job. And I think we've spoken about this before, but they do a good job of creating experience. Mm. Um, Sam, one of our friends in the conversation yesterday, Sam Rainer, he was also kind of talking about the experience of opening an Apple phone, a package, uh, you know, the peel back on the phone, on the, of the cover of the iPhone, Plastic. et cetera. Mm. So, um, it's created in a way that makes you feel kind of feel personalized or feel like every little detail has been I guess thought of for you yeah and that's something that Apple does really really well is in its small details uh, do you think so do you think they've got like three group workshops where they've got they've got like you know three groups of 10 people and they're just sitting there and they're like you know, all right, we just want you to go through this and just describe how you felt and, you know, what are your emotions and, like, what, are, what how would you, how do you think? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know but imagine they do, well, surely, right? Like, surely someone's testing it out. It's, it's probably not that far from the truth. I'm going to be honest. Like, yeah. when those little details make such a big difference for launch and for hype and, like, the actual build-up and all these tech reviews... And what, what are half the tech reviews? It's like unboxing of the latest iPhone 50, right? Like it's... Unboxing <laughs> therapy? Yeah, unboxing therapy. How good is that? Like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> like if that doesn't... Literally cold therapy. Like if that doesn't make you happy, I don't know what does. <laughs> I, I feel like we get to a point where like a new phone's released and if you want to skimp all through the details, you can read an article in like six seconds in three dot points. You can get roughly what the new features are but you sit there sitting and watch a 25 minute video because it's like therapeutic you're just like he's going through the unpackaging he's going through the features yeah. <laughs> and that's like i just bought a mac um and i think like there's definitely like probably better computers out there i mean with the new m1 chip the you know the inside and the quality of it is considerably better it makes than, it way more compelling from that from like yeah the- than it has in previous but for me the major selling point, I know this is kind of superficial, but kind of like my personality, the way I see myself and want to see myself in the future is that kind of like alien classy kind of um, visual. And, you know, I think the the sleek look of the Mac really emulates that. And mm. for me, I know it may seem using the same word superficial, but to me, that's important. Yeah. Presentation, you know, that first impression to me, that's important. Like if I, I feel like if I went to a any kind of client or something like that and I had a, I don't know, like some $200 
little mini kids laptop kind of thing it kind of wouldn't give off the same impression of having like a, a sleek kind of mm. elegant macbook you're thinking you're thinking of the chromebooks you ever you ever seen a chromebook they're like the they're, they're yeah, the cheap i think they're like 300 dollars or something <laughs> three four hundred dollars the yeah, minimal entry think, yeah exactly minimal entry i just think we come into different points of our lives where uh things uh kind of change and become more important and it's kind of, I think, I think it's kind of similar to the whole lawyer and the whole real estate agent has, has needs to have a nice car because it's kind of that visual representation of who they are, what they know, etc. So can, can you imagine going to like a $2 million or $3 million house inspection on a Saturday in like McKinnon or like um, wherever, right? And you've got this dude that comes out of this beat up Mazda land as you know, this, this Lancer and they've got they've got trackies on and <laughs> they've yeah, got they've got socks and flip flops he's <laughs> just like all right guys thanks for coming through <laughs> yeah and it's not that that guy may not know his stuff like he may know everything about the house he may understand his knowledge maybe better than the person you know with the suit and the nice car but it's like kind of how is your clientele or how is your audience uh, what kind of light do they, what, what kind of way do they perceive you in? Yeah. And unfortunately I think like the way the world, like that is important, but it's also important to stay like true to your kind of nature. Like for me, I've always like, I've had a like this kind of phone since I was a kid. Yeah. So I've slowly started understanding that that's my style. You know, you, you always see every time kind of like we, we have something other than kind of just a relaxed conversation. I'm wearing a nice polo or, you know, a nice pair of slacks and stuff like that. It's just me. It's the way I like to kind of dress and that's the aesthetic yeah. I like. I think that, yeah, I think that's uh, that's a similar argument of, you know, whether you should spend money on your appearances, whether you should have like, and, and it's, you know, a lot of people will be overly critical on clothing, but it can apply to, you know, should you have haircuts regularly? Should you shave regularly should you because it's not just an investment of money it's an, an investment of time right so should mm-hmm. you take out that extra time to you know thread your eyebrows if if you're like super like you know you're super into the grooming side of things as a male yeah. especially i can't speak for females but you know speaking <laughs> speaking as a male <laughs> yeah. and, and like i i used to i used to you know especially when i was starting out and didn't have it wasn't getting paid very much uh, I was trying to be frugal and save money, so I, I had this, you know, I convinced myself that haircuts were a waste of money, so I used to, you know, do the own buzz haircut, and then, yeah. you know, contrast to today, uh, I'm 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 happy to pay twenty, uh, sorry, thirty or forty dollars for, um, a, a, like a haircut if it makes me feel good and in turn give me the confidence to, mm. you know, go about my day with that extra self esteem, like from from my appearance. And I think, tell me what you think, but I think that kind of thought process evolves over time, um, but it also evolves with your kind of financial status and your like where you are in in life. And like when we are doing that grind of, you know, eating dollar soup cans, trying to save money and, you know, getting, well, I got my partner to cut my hair for a long time, but one of the boys to cut my hair as well, um, like, you do everything you can to kind of get that first amount of capital. And when you kind of had that first amount of capital, it's not, 
necessarily now wasting your money. It's like, okay, I can have those not luxuries, but those normal things again. Hmm. Yeah. Like, I I, yeah. People say those normal, like haircut is like a normal thing. And but the reality is a lot of a sacrificed yeah. doing those I, things. I think compared to, you know, the infinite ways you can blow your cash, haircuts are low on that list. Like if there's a spectrum of, you know, like splurging a little bit and splurging a lot. So I'd say, you know, like as someone who is trying to get ahead, we're willing to make a lot of sacrifices very early on. So in our mind, that was something that was not worth the money at the time. But as you slowly, you know, you can't make sacrifices all the time when you've started to see the fruits of of your sacrifice. Otherwise, you're not really enjoying the fruits of your sacrifice. So I think you're right. It's relative. The more you make, the more comfortable you get the more you can start to add things that are considered normal back into into what you're willing to to spend on yeah i'm curious do you have like a style like do you know your kind of like style you know like people have streetwear yeah. people have like young business professional do you have do you know your style do you have like a style D- depends who you ask but if you ask jenny she's like uh he's he's out of style <laughs> he's- jenny's gonna love that that's Jenny's why I have, just goes, he has no style <laughs> that's why i have to dress him like i can't even let him choose his own outfits anymore <laughs> jenny's dressing you on the way out that's the best shit that's hilarious <laughs> you know it's gotten to a point right so I'll, I'll i'll paint the setting right so i've got usually i just wear my regular outfit to work but it's a friday i've got an end of year financial party going to yeah. a cocktail bar and i'm like shit like what do i wear right because I have to go into the office and then we're going out after. And Jenny goes, oh, you know, just dress smart casual. <laughs> That's what, what comes to mind, right? But I'm like, what's smart casual? So does that mean I have to wear a button-up shirt and a sweater? I'm like, all right, fine. I'll wear that, right? And then I'm deciding between chinos and jeans. And it's like the, the most common comment I get from my girlfriend, Jenny, is you can't wear, you can't mix casual <laughs> And formal. You're either casual or you're formal or you're smart casual, but you can't mix them together, right? It's like wearing trackies and a button-up t-shirt. You just don't do it. Uh, it just doesn't. <laughs> but, but, my, but my opinion on it is chinos aren't as casual as, as trackies, so it's fine. So I'm wearing chinos and then the next morning, so we both agree on the outfit. She's like, all right, look, we can agree on this. You can leave the house like this. <laughs> and I'm <laughs> like, all right. Okay, representation of us. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, fine. Th- you know, thank you. I've got your blessing. I can leave now. And in the, <laughs> in the morning, as, as, I, as I'm heading out on that Friday, uh, Jenny's, Jenny's there in the morning and she's, she le- uh, she, she, she's leaving with me in the morning. And I chuck on a duffel coat and she goes, whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't, like, I didn't say anything about that duffel coat. Like, wait, what's a duffel coat? So a duffel what coat is, is it's kind of like a like a trench coat, but it instead of a zip up, uh, it's got like buttons that kind of like. Interlace. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So it's just a style of a coat, right? Yeah, yeah. But because I was wearing the chinos and like sneakers, she was like, "You just look confused." Like, <laughs> and 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 then and then I have this internal debate. I'm like, she's probably right. But if I give her her way every time, I'm slowly going to just give up part of me and I'm just slowly going to just become like, 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 you know what I mean? I'm just become, I'm yeah, gonna become less of a man. So 
so then I'm so then I'm forced to leave the house. <laughs> so then I'm forced to leave the house dressed, you know, like less than ideal. But I'm doing it just to to retain the Marky Marky Melbourne, you know, just so I, Marky I can, Melbourne so I can feel like I made that decision. Yeah. <laughs> Ah uh, shit! You're the best shit. Honestly, you're the best shit, dude. But, dress how the fuck you want, Jenny. Yeah, leave him alone, Jenny. <laughs> leave him alone. So I don't, I don't know if um that answers your question around if I have a style. So my style is, um, Jenny's approval and then just going against against her approval by just just like tweaking one thing that really annoys her at the end, and then that's yeah. my outfit. I would say that's not a style. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that's doing as one's told. I th- I'd say that's Jenny's style. <laughs> yeah, I, but I, I'd say so. I think it's important to try and... Oh, I guess. It's not... I, it may not be important to everyone, but... Hmm. I don't know. I find it. Look, anyway. I went from... Like, in my early teens, I went from, like, baggy clothes because it was just the thing, like, when I was growing up. Like, cargo, uh, like, uh, cargo pants and, like just like even flares was a thing at one point right and like it was it was acceptable like people at school would cut their school pants like a slit on the side so that their pants would like flare over their shoes just so like it wouldn't look so like straight legged and that was just that was just like normal right i know it's weird (laughs) ask ask anyone my age and they and they'll they'll completely understand it was just like it was just a phase what's that sorry get your 30 sometimes yeah yeah i know you just make me feel old, mate. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, no. So I went, I went from like um, loose clothes, and then I noticed that I was just wearing like loose clothes all the time. But I wanted more fitting clothes, so I started buying clothes that were either correctly sized or slightly on the tighter side. And straight away, like I knew, like I just looked better just because like I was wearing clothes that fitted right, and it complements your body. And because I've got great aesthetics. No, I'm joking. <laughs> hold on, hold on. No, no, no. Don't you... I'm not letting you get away with that because yeah. you are in ridiculous shape. I'd say... I, I'd say I look athletic. I wouldn't say like I'm like, you know, I've got like an athletic build. I'd, yeah. I'd say you're a model, but that's all right. Whatever. <laughs> nah, you're, you're being too kind, mate. But um, just like that little change kind of um, made me kind of start like noticing compliments from people just saying, hey, like, I think you dress well. Like, just small things like that. You won't get it all the time, but you get it way more than, like, if you just kind of threw whatever on and you're always wearing the same outfit. And that gave me a bit of confidence. And then I went through, like, different styles and I came back to just really lazy, so either just comfortable. So, like, this is a perfect example. This is not the the most stylish thing, but it gets me through winter. But then... If it's a special event, I'll know how to dress up. If that makes sense, I'll I'll have the slacks. I'll have the outfit for for the occasion. Yeah. yeah. How about yourself? I've, I've recently been getting, um, on the advice of someone, getting things tailored. Yeah. Ooh, Change the game. That's interesting. Change the game. Yeah. It's not even. Not not it. There's no comparable. Tell me, tell me more about like, it. Yeah, everything kind of fits me off the shelf, but having things tailored where it's really specific, like it fits your, um, I have like my legs just don't make sense, right? So uh, quad to like calf ratio, this is like, it's just stupid, right? So massive so, calves and small quads or? 
wildly the opposite. Like not <laughs> okay. big legs, but like in kind of like a ratio, my quads are like considerably larger than my calves. Like not yeah. large, like I'm not saying I'm jacked. I'm just saying like they're just bigger, right? So yeah. things that fit my quads then are like baggy on my uh, calves and ankles. Yeah. Having that kind of tapered in and fit nicer. And then some things like having kind of your shoulders fit nicer, having kind of your arms, like shirts are meant to be kind of cut towards halfway of your bicep. Yeah. And you notice like those small changes that you can only get when you tailor a specific fit to your body. It mm. changes like aesthetically it changes the look, but it also I found makes me feel considerably better. Like I'm, I'm always wearing something that, well, most of the time, especially when I'm kind of, uh, put like a nice polo on or something or some nice pants. I'm mm. always wearing something that fits really well. Yeah. And it just, it just, it just feels good. Yeah, for sure. That, I think that's, that's, a, that's an awesome tip. I think with, um, uh, I think like most people start by wearing the right sizing, but they don't really think about tailoring just because they're not sure, you know, well, at least like from my, from my experience anyway, I, I, I see sort of tailoring the application more for like formal outfits. Um, but mm. I hadn't really thought about it for, you know, like your more casual clothes. So you might, if you're someone who prioritizes that, you might buy less clothing, but you might buy, you know, a few shirts that are really high quality, get them tailored. And then you've got these five shirts that, okay, you paid a little bit extra for, but they fit immaculate. Like they're literally yeah. like, you know, they're perfect for your sizing. The style, the quality of the materials are great and the material feels good on your skin. So I think it comes down again, like a point of kind of that is like the Kaizen philosophy, always trying to progress and make things better. Like always trying to improve. It's like even those small things, like every little detail, like how can you kind of progress uh, that small little detail in your life? It may not have the largest ROI, but it's about kind of progressing and, focusing on the small details and of really everything yeah well that's that's a good like maybe reminder for for the listeners um what uh what does kaizen mean to you like what was um what's the concept behind kaizen oh it's a japanese philosophy meaning uh the continued continuous pursuit of progression yeah so we actually spoke about it yesterday in our in our hago head start podcast yesterday um, but there's a, you know, the example we use every time is kind of like a tea ceremony. Yeah. Uh, and this was brought up yesterday, so, but I'll just kind of preface again for our audience is a lot of people just look at the tea kind of ceremony of the Japanese and think it's just something that, you know, is just you pour your normal people as well, just pour their tea and drink their tea and, and that's it. But if you actually watch kind of really any video on YouTube or there's a few movies as well that kind of highlight this. Um, every kind of movement of the arm and every kind of, uh, every part of the ceremony is continuously progressed upon and they try to make it as perfect as possible. Um, and, you know, that's kind of one example, uh, but there's a lot of areas in your life that's, well, all of the areas in your life, I should say that you, if you kind of adapt this philosophy towards, you can start progressing at kind of like that 1% in each area 
and 1% over a decent amount of time or 1% a day over a long amount of time, you know, ends in some really, really good results. Yeah, I think I think that was beautiful. I think you explained that really well with the with the tea example. Um, I was actually in Japan and we, like Jenny and I, um, I think it was like one of our last days in Japan and we had like some currency left over. So we we're thinking, how can we like, just spend a bit of extra money like like the last of it and we went to this tea place which was like awesome i think it was in kyoto and they showed us and they talked us it was like 35 dollars for like tea right like i've never paid that much for 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 like a cup of coffee let alone like tea right Mm -hmm. and they talked us through it and there was like three different teas and they had three different cups and they showed us how um your the best way to have tea is to pour boiling like not boiling hot tea but hot tea into your first cup and then you pour it into the second cup and as you pour the tea into different cups the temperature cools down to the right temperature so there was a whole process in like i'm not doing it justice but it made me and like appreciate there was more to the process of of making tea and then also enjoying it at the best you know in the best way you can so really really interesting i think those yeah, those small details really do matter yeah really 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 do matter i have like a this is funny like we talk about yesterday what we we're talking about kind of bleeds into our podcast all the time so yeah. like everything that's happened throughout the week but like i'll use the same quote that i fucked up yesterday but i think <laughs> i've got it in. i think i've got it right today yeah it was like true. um how you do ev- how you do anything is how you do everything yeah and I, I think that quote kind of embodies what we're trying to um tell, tell me tell me more about that when was the first time you ever heard that quote do you remember uh was it from the book or was it from when you first learned the philosophy or i don't i don't know i For honestly sure. don't know. Yeah. I, I i think it was one of those things i just heard on like it might have been just been an instagram story an instagram post that mm. i just saw and i was like yeah. and it i think I have heard of it before because it stems from, um, well, the way I've un- I used to understand it stemmed from like when I used to play sport. It's like how you train is how you play. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Right. How um, do you how do you feel when you when you say that out loud? Like, what do you what like what sort of emotions or like what comes to mind when you when you think of that? Yeah. So when I was younger, I definitely kind of I was like, ah, oh, I'll just perform when I when I'm actually playing. Yeah. You know, like, like match I kind day of, or game day. Yeah. 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 At match yeah. day. So say you play football, you train on Tuesday and a Thursday and you play the actual game on a Saturday. So I wouldn't train anywhere near to the competition level that I would play on a Saturday. Right. And that kind of, I guess that mindset doesn't allow you to a progress, but it doesn't allow you to like build the correct habits that mm. allow you to focus in on the small details. So like a business example is if you take a little shortcut in, I mean, explaining something to someone that can negatively compound and, you know, lead to larger negative results. So how you do anything and how you is how you do everything. So everything you do needs to be at competition level always. Yeah. And then you're always at competition level. So if you're, if you're ever kind of not necessarily take the foot off the, off the gas but if you're ever kind of like doing things by half 
Mm. They're always going to compound into larger negative results eventually. Yeah. So knowing, knowing that now, what would you have done? Would, would you have um, applied that completely differently going back? If like as, you know, back to your training days, would you have like applied that from, from the start that you oh. fell or? Mate, I would have made it. I would have made AFL. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't be here talking to you as a you peasant. <laughs> like, <laughs> nah, I, I'm a. This is a weird one. Like, I'm a big believer of like, kind of. I had to not understand it then, so that I can now have perspective and understand it now. Yeah. So perspective, right? Yeah, it's a hard one, but it's like if I kind of had that mentality then, then which I feel like a lot of people do, hmm. especially the high competitive or high performance or the you know the young kind of not necessarily just athletes young business people young really anyone who has that mentality young um you know they perform at a higher rate and they do well you know so i think like there's always a difference i saw a a video between cristiano uh, of cristiano ronaldo um and everyone in his team is like struggling to do push-ups or like Mm -hmm. kind of doing them by half and he's just pumping them all everyone's doing push-ups i should say and he's doing clap push-ups yeah Taking it to the extreme. Taking it to the next level. Like he's always, and in kind of when he plays his normal games, like in in soccer, you know, he's always next level. Like everyone knows Cristiano Ronaldo is one of the best players in the world and he trains like he is one of the best players in the world. Yeah. Yeah, look, sports sports and, yeah, sports and martial arts um, is like an area where you, you hear that concept like frequently right like you hear mm. a lot of um a lot of a lot of boxers a lot of ufc fighters a lot of you know afl players they all train as if with and, and it they usually the word that comes up is intensity they train with the same intensity on the day of competition as they're throughout their training or throughout their um you know practice like leading up mm. to those games so definitely lesson in that is there anywhere like do you have any examples of something like that uh of continuous improvement or um or uh what what specifically i guess kind of like that um idea of doing how you do everything is how you do it or how you do anything is how you do everything is that something you struggle with at a young age or did you kind of because i feel like you're fairly habitual yeah at a young age, um, going out partying, like your first drink, like sets yeah. the tone for the rest of the night. <laughs> no, I'm just... <laughs> so I always start with shots. If he sips it or something, it's going to be a nice cruisy night. But if <laughs> yeah, just straight up. Nah, um, I think... Yeah, I think I, I definitely do that in boxing. So like um, when you start doing like three or four, five classes um, or sessions a week, you'll there's the kind of like a complacency of like a hey if i'm going to do a double class or if this is a really hard class i'm going to save my energy to the end of the class because otherwise you kind of fizzle out right and i notice people do this by default when they anticipate something to be difficult instead i've got the mindset of if you spend if you practice as hard as you can you keep the intensity from the start you're better off because that's when your, you've got your best form, you've got your best energy, so therefore you'll be practicing with the highest intensity but also closest to the perfect form 
whereas towards the end of the class you get a bit sloppy with your form and you're trying to like like be brutal like and push through it it's all so that's that's kind of um i found like that has helped me um like improve like as quick as possible and also in weightlifting you can go into the gym if you've got an hour allocated how many times have you seen people go like i'm not going to lift this heavy because i've still got six exercises to go my mindset is you go in a lot of the compound exercises around like chest around shoulders around um, back right you you know deadlifts dumbbell press these exercises literally you can do two sets of these at your heaviest weight and that's and that might be 20 percent of your exercises but that's done you're 80 percent spent like you're literally like you've spent all your energy and that's fine you can grow off that and i as, and as soon as i made that switch in weightlifting I started breaking plateaus and started lifting um, quite heavy. Like I never got massive, but for my weight, I was lifting like you know my weight and a half. So I thought I thought that was pretty. That helped me get to that point because I had that plateau when I reached body weight with the weights. Yeah, yeah, that that's an interesting. I think like a part of like a high performance person is always kind of not like if you're running to a certain place just because you know where the end is doesn't mean you take it by half at any part of the journey. And I think we see that in a lot of people, unfortunately, is if they're running 5k, they'll run the first three, like just jogging, and then they'll really uptick the, the next two. Yeah. And it, it kind of like, yeah, it definitely defeats the point of running like the 5k, 5k as hard as you can. And yeah, that's no, definitely interesting. Yeah. I think, It'll be like, I mean, I'm just like yeah, an average nobody. So like, it'll be good to hear from like some, some, uh, now I'm not an average nobody, but I don't have like the, the intensity of, or, or like the accomplishments of like some of the, some of the, some of the most elite people, but I'm speaking from my own perspective, but it'd be interesting to hear, um, you know, when we do come across people or interview or podcast with people that, that do. Sorry to cut you off, but I think no. like what you I think the important part there is like so many people, we already have a lot of the view of those high performance people. Yeah. Like people understand Chris, Cristiano's mindset. Like they know he's fucking hard as shit. Like mm. what we're kind of speaking about and what you're speaking about is considerably more relatable. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Right. I think it's more self-aware as well. Mm. It's like, dude, you're not Cristiano Ronaldo. Or <laughs> you're not, you're not Eddie Hall. So yeah. you're not going into the gym. You're not going to pull 500 dead on the dead yeah yeah that's, you know? that's true but your kind of like little habitual changes have allowed you to progress for you yeah so that self-awareness like how your mind works yeah and, and anyone starting out or no matter where you're in the journey you can learn from the uh you know the concepts these concepts and the philosophy or ethos of um, people who are accomplished and a lot of this would have been you know this a lot of this would have been learned through you know, experience and getting to those, you know, extreme levels of competition. Um, so what people learn at the extremes can still be applicable to us, you know, along the journey, wherever you are. That's a great message for people as well. Hmm. That's a great message. Cause like one thing we're talking about is like kind of where we are at this stage is sometimes it's hard for us to teach people coming straight into the journey because we forget what it was like because we're so far away from it. Yeah. And learning from someone who's so extreme 
and has done so many things, a lot of the times their lessons are kind of so macro that they're, you know, unteachable. Yeah. And they're so far removed from like the starting of their journey that, you know, they can't actually provide the best amount of value. Yeah. So I think so, like that's why it's so important for us to kind of like document the journey because we're closer to the fact of where we were when we first started. Yeah. Which makes it more relatable and makes it kind of, I feel more realistic for people to <laughs> think they can achieve something similar. I think it's more interesting too. Like, let's say we do get a lot of success. Would you rather hear about people's, you know, struggles in the beginning, or would you rather just hear about their success where they, which got them to where they are? So I think, you know, you look up to your celebrities, you look up to athletes. You want to hear about the challenges in the early days, right? We we sat around, we listened to Mike Tyson and you know his his reflection and his struggles in his early days and how he actually felt as he was gaining all that sort of fame and and that's that's interesting compared to you know how he felt about his last fight you think it's a type of the type of people we are that find that more interesting i think just gen in general people want to know where people started off um i mean like if you're looking for tangible actionable things then you're probably further along in the journey and you're you're looking um, and you probably wouldn't be benefiting too much from listening to content anyway. You'd probably need more coaching or one-on-one -on -one, um, mm. advice. That's my opinion anyway. Like once you get to that level, you've got a coach. You've got someone that's spending that specific time tailoring it to, to you. Like our content is broadcasted generally. It's not personalized for one person. We're not making mm. this specifically for one person. So that's where the coaching comes in, I think. Um Look, I think um, we might we might maybe wrap that up today. Um, yeah, yeah, it was it was really it was really good. One of the things uh, we're looking to do is maybe you know be a bit more punchy with our podcast, and I think we had a really good podcast today. Um, and you know, if we can release um, some interesting topics each week, and you know, keep it punchy, it'll be good for ourselves and for the listeners. What do you think? I think. Um as long as we keep the conversation but like enjoyable between us um we don't go longer than we need to because you know we just in a normal conversation we just feel like that is uh, yeah we only go as long as we want to if that makes sense yeah. so if there's a conversation we're really into we want to go for an hour and a half or three hours then we go right. if we want to go 20 minutes we go 20 minutes yeah yeah sounds good oh yeah if you if you guys are listening, hopefully, you know, you got a bit of value out of us today. But I think, you know, I, I had a lot of fun. Um, I don't know about, about you, Daniel, but yeah, I thought today was, you know, we had a few laughs and we also touched on some really good points, some learning lessons. I think the best thing again is like, this is not a joke, people. We, we had a meeting together. When was it? Friday morning? Yeah, just really. Friday morning, we had a meeting we're like, all right, let's kind of have a little brainstorm. This is what we're going to talk about, you know, kind of get your knowledge in so we can really try to provide value, et cetera, et cetera. We didn't talk about a single thing. Yeah. <laughs> Again, like, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. Yeah. I feel like it's a good thing because yeah. it means we can just converse on whatever. So, but uh, I got a bucket today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, mate.
a couple. This is, I didn't even use the spell. <laughs> a couple of the boys, um, they they just like they've got a reason to watch right to the end now. They just they're just waiting. I'm just baiting you all in for the whole conversation <laughs> just for that moment. And then, <laughs> all marketing. And then and then it's gonna be like the washing machine, mate. Like you know the. You know, Dude, oh, I'm trying. Actually, that's no I'm good. There's, there's holes in those, aren't there? <laughs> It'll be a. I'll get it. I'll get it done. I'll tape them all up. Yeah. <laughs> all up. Uh, thanks for listening, guys.